Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. You know, some people, like my friend Zach Bagans, calls me the mad scientist of the paranormal. And I take that as a great compliment. And one of the reasons people think I'm a little nuts is because, yeah, I am often doing experiments to try to enhance ghostly activity. Now, some people think that is irresponsible, uh, and I always am very careful about considering the types of experiments that I do. I'm not trying to dabble into things that I shouldn't be messing with necessarily. Um, my view is, hey, if somebody tells me I already have a ghost here, and I want to go and study that ghost, well, I don't have all week to spend at their house. So I, if I can go to somebody's house and... Uh, if I can add a little electrostatic charge or something like that to help enhance this thing so that I can see it and document it myself, I will do that. But one of the reasons that I study ghostly activity is because I'm also curious about maybe trying to help people prevent it. Because most people are not like me. They don't have their wires crossed. Most people, they do not want to see a ghost. And frankly, I don't want my house to be haunted either uh you know it's fine in a laboratory for me to do some experiments and maybe i'll see something paranormal and study it but i don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and have some creepy phantom standing at the foot of my bed no so i tell folks as i told you in the last podcast i'm not a ghost buster i'm not an exorcist if you're having problems i'm not the best person you should contact for for help necessarily but I do know a lot about this subject. Uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who can say, in general, they know more about ghosts than I do, and that's because I've, I've studied every element of it you can imagine. And so one of the things I have definitely looked into is, what can you do if you have a ghost and you want to get rid of it? What are some tips? So let me give you a few tips, and... Um, some of this stuff may work for you and some of it may not, but regardless of whether or not you're in a situation where you want to use this, uh, it, it might be, a, well, it's certainly interesting for you to think about, and it might even be helpful because there might be another aspect of this that you'll pick up on that um, that you will find mm, improves your, your, your house or your setting in some way. So first off, <clears throat> this is something... It gets pretty bizarre. Um, when I first started going around and investigating haunted houses seriously, and I mean, we're going back to when I was a teenager, and uh, I, I started to notice very quickly that I would go into someone's house and they would say, this is the haunted room. And I would walk into the room and I would find two mirrors facing each other or two very reflective things that were more or less reflecting each other. Now, this was just by accident in the arrangement of the room. So what happens when you have two mirrors facing each other? Well, if you look into that, what you see is the reflection of a mirror within a mirror within a mirror within a mirror. It creates an infinite tunnel effect. So what are you looking at when you're looking at a mirror? Well, you're looking at light. And what is light? Light is electromagnetic energy. And so, 
it seems that perhaps what is being created here is some kind of an infinite tunnel of light. And since these beings are somehow within the electromagnetic realm, it may be that if you create an electromagnetic tunnel around an electromagnetic being, the being can travel through it. Now, this is just uh, you know, uh, some kind of a hypothesis, I guess you could say. Um, but I have found in many cases, if you have a place that's haunted and you shift those mirrors so they are not facing each other, the activity will stop. I would get to the point where I would go into people's houses sometimes and I would say, wait, don't tell me where the haunted room is. I'll just let's see if I can find it. And I'd go in and I'd find a spot where, oh, there are the two mirrors. Is this it? Yep. Um, <clears throat> so that's one thing to keep in mind. You can change the arrangement of mirrors, and often that will stop the activity. On the other hand, you can do just the opposite. If you want to create it, of course, uh, you put mirrors facing each other. And that's why you may have heard about this um, somewhat sinister little device called the Devil's Toy Box that you can experiment with if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, basically, to make a Devil's Toy Box, you take six little square mirrors and you glue them together into a cube formation with the reflective sides all turned inward. And once you do that and you let the glue dry, you now have a little box, we call a devil's toy box, that almost seems to act as some kind of a, a resonant chamber antenna for this kind of portal activity. For example, a lot of paranormal things will happen around that box. Sometimes you can put something like a little microphone on it, like a little suction microphone, and make recordings and hear some particularly creepy things that sound like growls or call it gnashing of teeth. You can hear some you know, unsettling sounds that can emanate from a devil's toy box. So, you know, we we really don't understand exactly what we're dealing with, even when it comes to something as simple as the interplay between mirrors and light and paranormal phenomena. But um, that's something you should definitely take into consideration. But another thing to, to think about is that, okay, going back to what I was saying, if these beings, at least majority of the time, seem to be residing within the non-physical, shall we even call it perhaps mental realm, call it mental, spiritual, a lot of different words you can, you can play around with. And you are a mental being, then it seems like that sometimes if you just use your brain, you use your mind, and you you envision this being there and you just you sort of defeat it or, or defend against it in a mental way by envisioning yourself with a nice big white light around you. You can say, you are not welcome here. Leave. Get out of here. And sometimes that will work. So it's almost like you know, you're combating them on a mental level sense that they are often residing within that realm, that range. Sometimes you just have to do that. I've done that before. I came back from an investigation one night from a place where a lot of bad stuff was happening, and I was in my office about 5 o'clock in the morning, 
And suddenly the door to the office came flying open. This icy burst of wind came flooding in. Papers went flying all over the place. And my stereo boombox just turned on by itself, blasting full volume. I mean, I jumped out of my skin. The first thing I did was run over to unplug the stereo. I unplugged it, and that didn't do anything. And then I couldn't turn it off. And then I realized there weren't even batteries in it. Yeah. So I turned around, and I can tell you right now, I did not visually see a being standing there, but I knew there was something there. I could feel it. And I said some very choice words, including, this is my house, this is my property, you are not welcome here, get the you-know-what out of here. And uh, and then it, it worked, it left, it was gone. So sometimes, you know, that's all it takes, is you just being abrasive and standing up for yourself and your space and uh, being protective of your space. Now, some other things you can do. Um, it, it seems like that, okay, let's say you have some type of a presence in a house that is non-physical. Well, how does that thing occasionally become physical and interact with the environment, maybe touch you or touch an object? Well, it seems like that they do that in part by manipulating or being enhanced by or somehow taking advantage of electrostatic charge. Because in the laboratory, I've been able to reproduce many of the things that people experience when they come into contact with a ghost by using electrostatic charge. So you can take devices, for example, like Van de Graaff machines or Wimshurst generators that'll produce hundreds of thousands of volts or more. And... Um, you can you can make objects move without uh, touching them physically. You can create three-dimensional light forms. You can make people's hair stand on end. You can give them cold chills with what's called an ion breeze. Um, you can give them, you know, the impression that they're being touched. It feels like they're being touched. Um, I mean, you can do a lot of stuff with electrostatic charge, uh, similar to what you, you, you experience in a haunting. And don't you think it's interesting, therefore, that when you go to a haunted place, often you find these incredible bursts of electrostatic charge that cannot be explained. So there's a connection there, and it may be that the electrostatic uh, energy is what ghosts sometimes use, if you want to put it that way, in order to interact with the physical world. Therefore, if you can reduce the buildup of that charge, then it should lessen the ability for the interaction to occur. How do you do that? Well, one of the easiest things to do is run a humidifier because electrostatic charges are strong when the air is dry. That's why in the wintertime, you might drag your socks across the floor and touch a doorknob and get a shock. Or maybe you pull your blanket up around you at night with the lights out and you see little sparks go shooting all over the place. You'll hear a little crackle. Uh, it's because it's dry. Now, if you add moisture to the air with a humidifier, well, just the opposite happens. Those charges cannot build up as strongly. So even if there is something there in the non-physical environment, that thing is not necessarily going to be able to interact with you because there, there is no interface there 
that will allow the two to come into contact. So run a humidifier. That's a good a good step if you want to try to reduce uh, ghostly activity. And of course, on the other hand, run a dehumidifier if you want to increase it. Uh, another thing to consider is because that there is obviously some kind of a correlation between the manifestation of ghosts and the electromagnetic environment. <clears throat> Little things you can do to simply alter the electromagnetic environment can make a big impact. So, for example, uh, rearranging the electronics in, and appliances in your house, that can stop the activity. So if you put your TV in a different location or if you um, turn off something that you usually keep on all the time, whether it's a, an alarm clock or whatever, you know, anything that's producing an electromagnetic field. In other words, anything electrical. By rearranging it, sometimes that will stop the activity. Furthermore, um, this sounds like sheer superstition, but it's actually not. Crystals can make a big impact on the entire electromagnetic and electrostatic environment. I'm talking about obvious things like quartz crystals, but even things that are much more commonplace like salt. What is salt? Salt is a crystal. And you probably have heard that salt can be used for purification and protection, and I believe this is why. Crystals are actually what we call transducers. So scientifically speaking, that means that they're able to take energy of one kind and transform it into energy of another kind. So for example, if you take a crystal and you apply pressure to it, it will produce electricity. If you take a crystal and you apply electricity to it, it will vibrate. And we use this all the time in our technology, you know, quartz crystal watches and things like that. Um, look at Silicon Valley, you know, it's the whole thing's built on crystals. Um, you know, modern technology is really crystal based. Um, and in fact, uh, I just recently, uh, saw an article, I guess it was maybe a few years ago now in, um, scientific American saying that the Hitachi corporation has used, uh, quartz crystal to create this little tiny chip that is probably about half the size of a microscope slide that can store, oh, I forget how much, it's just like thousands of terabytes of data on it for, they think, millions of years. They've exposed it to thousands of degrees of temperature, and it was able to withstand it. I mean, it's just like, it's incredible how this is going to revolutionize technology once this is mass produced. So anyway, um, if you have access to crystals and quartz are great um, and, and any kind of crystal, but you know, quartz is just like a, a standard go-to, put some big quartz crystals. They don't have to be giant. Just put some quartz crystals, even if they're just a few inches long, put them around your house, put them in the corners. If you don't have access to quartz, well, get some salt. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of salt, just table salt's fine. Put a big uh, pile of it here and there around the house. And you also know it's it's safe. It's not like, you know, if you have a pet that gets into it, it's, it's you know, I doubt it's going to be a problem for most pets, just salt. So, um, so salt can be used for protective and purifying purposes because when you put that around, it starts transducing. It starts taking energy that would manifest in one way 
and it uh, it turns it into a different type of manifestation. And sometimes all you need is just that little tweak, that little tweak, in order to stop these things from manifesting. And of course, if you've got some really serious problems, um, you know, you've got uh, that's when you want to go to people who just do nothing but exclusively study how to get rid of bad spirits. And that's where you know. Uh, faith and belief and all these things can play a role for some people. Uh, as we were, I was talking to you about before, sometimes apparently there's really nothing you can do. So those are some basic tips for you. But um, i tell you what, in, in an upcoming podcast, I will tell you about that night that I finally had an interaction with the Spirit that showed me for sure that um, there is life that exists uh, exist in planes outside of this one that you and I are in right now. Actual, interactive, conscious, you know, aware, unpredictable life beings. I'll tell you about that coming up soon. Um, October is going great. Uh, as usual, I'm doing a lot of media stuff. As a matter of fact, I was just interviewed by a major national newspaper and so I will tell you what that paper is when this is printed because uh, it's not going to do any good to tell you until you can go and check it out and uh, next week whew, I'm doing something really cool next week with the FLIR thermal cameras I'm taking some FLIR to some places where FLIR hasn't been introduced before to try to find some things. Now, I, I can't really talk about it at this point. I'm not ready to talk about it yet because I don't want to potentially sabotage my results. And that can happen sometimes if you talk about things prematurely. But I'll be uh, telling you much more about that soon. That's going to be really cool, very exciting stuff. Looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah. We're into the countdown. I think uh, they're, they're playing like the movies now, 13 days till Halloween. So you, we've got about uh, you know less than two weeks. If you're going to be in the Asheville area, come see the Haunted Asheville Ghost Tours. Take the Asheville Mystery Museum Tour. Have the whole experience. Haunted Biltmore Village. All that kind of stuff is at hauntedashville.com. Hauntedashville.com. All right, that's it for now. Hope you're having a good Halloween season, and I'll, uh, well, as usual, thank you for staying curious. I'll talk to you again soon.